0: InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Today's teens spend lots of time on the web, most without parental supervision. That may lead some of them to be vulnerable to adult sexual predators who seek underage victims. Here with the story, InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Michigan State University researchers say they were able to look at how teenage girls used online sites and for the first time predict whether they were likely to become victims of sexual abuse or assault or be in a violent physical relationship later on. Joining us now with more on the study is Megan Maz, research author and assistant professor of human development and family studies at Michigan State. Professor, when we talk about sex assault or abuse, I see you studied girls as young as 14 up to age 17. Now, your study of nearly 300 girls grouped them into four categories called online inclusives, seekers, attractors, and the last, abstinent, which had the very low risk of assault. So. Let's focus on the first three and take them one at a time. Online inclusives. Define the group.
1: These were girls who had a high probability of having experienced all of the online sexual experiences that we measured. For example, visiting an internet porn site... Chatting about sex with somebody online, posting provocative photos on social media, being requested to send a nude image, sending a nude image, and such.
0: And are the online inclusives you're talking about here the most likely to be sexually assaulted or engage in risky sex?
1: They are, particularly if they have been maltreated as children. So having experienced substantiated
0: sexual abuse or emotional neglect. And the next group you mentioned was Seekers. Define those for us.
1: Luckily with the methodology that we used, we were able to really get at some of the more nuanced online sexual experiences. And one of the specific patterns that we found were girls who were purposefully seeking out sex online. So purposefully going to porn sites. Purposefully chatting about sex with either a stranger or with someone that they knew. So being pretty intentional about
0: those experiences. And what sort of risks were typical for those defined as seekers?
1: What was interesting about them is they were more likely to have had a physically violent boyfriend, but less likely to be sexually assaulted than a couple of the other patterns.
0: Now, the third group that we discussed was the attractors. First, tell me how you defined them.
1: The attractors were given their name based off of the high probability of having a sexy social media profile, having other people comment about how sexy they are on those profiles, having people request that they send them new photos, having people request that they engage in chatting about sex. So essentially getting a lot of attention, usually from men, but just a lot of attention in general online.
0: And what specific risks were they most likely to face?
1: They were more likely to be sexually assaulted than the seekers were or those who had low probabilities of having online sexual experiences, and even more so if they had been maltreated as children.
0: Do we know why the attractors group were more likely to be assaulted than the seekers?
1: We don't. A follow-up study that I'm doing with college students is where we are trying to see if engaging in acts of sexting or purposefully having sexy Instagram accounts or, you know, flirting with people online makes girls feel obligated to engage in sexual behaviors offline. Or if men or boys, even in their own peer group, perceive them as being willing to engage in sexual behaviors offline without necessarily having those
0: conversations around consent. So would this be the group that is the naive group?
1: That's one of the things that we talked about. Anybody who is sexually assaulted is not deserving of that assault and did not do anything to cause it. However, if girls are not aware that, for instance, adult perpetrators have admitted in research that they will purposefully seek out minor girls who present themselves sexually online. They will seek them out in terms of perpetration as potential victims. And so if girls are aware of that, they might be a little bit more savvy in warding off invitations to meet online. If boys know that it's never okay to assume that somebody wants to have sex, no matter how sexy their Instagram account is, then that might be a way that we could also prevent this from happening so you know we're a big proponent of prevention education from the start and really educating youth about our sexual culture
0: we're visiting with megan maz research author and assistant professor of human development and family studies at michigan state university do we know about the attackers are they adult men teenage boys We didn't
1: do analyses based off of the type of perpetrator, but we do know that the perpetrators range from peer perpetrators, so boys, all the way up into adult perpetrators. So both scenarios were captured, unfortunately, in our study, but we didn't do analyses that distinguished the two for this particular paper.
0: And you've said that education is needed for the teenagers. Let me pick up on that. What should be the messages?
1: We first, as adults, need to acknowledge that teens are sexual and that they want to express their sexuality to each other. They also want to explore sexuality online. As much as we might be uncomfortable with that or want to prevent it altogether, that's really not reasonable to expect. So instead, we need to give them education in terms of helping them understand their own motivations for doing so. What do they like about it? What do they not like about it? How do they perceive others? How do they want others to perceive them? And to help them figure out ways to express their sexuality or flirting in ways that they can be more in
0: control of. Megan, do you have any advice for parents on monitoring their kids' activities, such as watching their Instagram account?
1: I wish there was a button to press or a software program to download or something that parents could do that would be 100% surefire way that their children would not ever be sexually assaulted or sexually harassed online or even looking at internet porn. I know parents are really freaked out about that. One of the best things we can do is to not focus on how girls look as a matter of their own personal worth. Which is really difficult to do because that means you have to start from a very young age of really supporting your daughters getting involved with horseback riding or basketball or art or cooking or something that's going to be able to sustain them through adolescence that is not based on a sexy selfie. So one of the best ways you can prevent this kind of thing from happening is making sure that your kids' motivation to get those likes and to have the sexy selfie posts, to make sure that that motivation to begin with is dampened.
0: Megan Moss, Assistant Professor at Michigan State University, great advice, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to
1: InfoTrack. A production of Syndication Networks.